So hi, One Week of Noise podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... This is Mike. Adam. Chris, and we're Alpha Omega. And we're asking some questions to say about the new album, Regeneration Machine. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to it so far? Um, it's been going great so far. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we finally were able to get this out to everyone, and we're really excited about it. And uh, people seem to be enjoying it, and it's going over well live on this tour we're on right now. And um, so we're, we're super pumped. Yeah, it's nice to be on the road when an album comes out. So you have that interaction from the people literally right in front of you, as well as stuff that's happening um, online as well. So it's cool. Yeah. It's been received really well. Absolutely. Yep. The album rocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Thanks. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Uh, yeah, I mean, for, and I guess what I can speak on what it means to me, um, you know, we were all sort of individually in different places with music before we came together as a band. Um, and to me, the coming together of this band and the album title mean, um, a second a second life, like a, a, a rebirth into into music, basically again. That um, for me came at a time when I wasn't sure what was going to be happening with me musically, and um, I just look at these songs and what the songs mean as a collective whole, and what these two guys mean to me as friends. And it was just a a rebirth, basically, you know, into back into music and back into life. That's what it means to me anyway. So, yeah, to me, the title kind of um, it's like a metaphor for the resilience of the human spirit. And um, especially with the lyrical kind of themes of a, of a lot of the songs, <clears throat> you can get beat up and broken, but uh, find a way to, you know, rejuvenate, basically, and, um, you know, come back stronger than you, than you were previously. Amazing. Yeah, and also like, uh, and also with, uh, oh, just regenerating and uh, reforming after like the whole COVID thing, you know, mm -hmm. it's like everything stopped and like we're just regenerating and getting back into it even stronger. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Oh man, uh, there's uh, there's a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we basically we formed in 2018. Um, and we basically only existed in the studio up until last year. We started finally playing live. Um, mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of writing, a lot of pre-production, um, and a lot of actual final tracking. Um, so we essentially have recorded, you know, two two albums worth of material. Um, and we were kind of finding ourselves, fine-tuning our, our sound uh, along the way. Um, and so in terms of, you know, inspiration and creative catalyst there's all, all different types of things can inspire the songwriting um and that varies from song to song and person to person and whoever starts the idea and however it gets finished uh everything kind of goes through our collective filter though so we all sign off on it there's a piece of everyone in every song um but this this album kind of comprises what we felt were the best um and maybe you know best diversity for like a, an arc of an album as well um to kind of show off different flavors and different colors of stuff that we try to do all right absolutely and, go ahead 
Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to touch on, you said that you guys have been a band for basically about five years now, and you've only just recently started touring. So do you guys feel that the energy is still there when you are on stage versus in the studio? Because you guys only played in the studio. And was there any anxiety kind of like with those first couple shows or even up to now, because it is a completely different environment than in the studio? Yes and yes. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I, I think I think that we definitely, um, on this tour, we get 30 minutes a day and we get up on stage and we lay, we leave it all on the stage. Like our energy is just put out there for everybody, you know, and just getting people pumped up and really into it. Um, so that's, that's something that we're doing for the energy question. So, but yeah, yeah. Go, you can go. Yeah. I think everybody's in the same boat, the listener and the performer we've been inside confined to our homes and other things like that through covid and there's this been now that life is generally back to we're able to go to shows and all this stuff like there's this pent-up energy of like almost three years like we're, we're just ready to go on stage so like there's nothing but i mean we, we're live musicians like this is what we live for you know like i don't i don't want to sit in a studio and just pump out music and never go out and play it for people but that's the position that we were in for like the past three years, you know? So it's like, now we have this opportunity to go and play and it's plenty of energy. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're ready to go and we want to be playing live. So um, the energy is there and we're just happy to be out here uh, doing it right now. So. And was there anxiety? Yes. Uh, <laughs> for me, I hadn't played a show in five years. Um, and so it was a little bit like, do I, do I still know how to do this? You know? Um, so that first show was a little nerve wracking, but especially being out on this tour now, I mean, I look forward to it every day. It's the highlight of the day. And, um, and I fell back in love with playing, playing live because I do enjoy being in the studio and honing in and that creative process, but that's a whole completely different mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so this made me kind of fall in love with, with playing live again. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Sounds great. Uh, so what song off this album took longest to write and which one is each of your own? <clears throat> personal favorite uh what was the first part i'm sorry <laughs> sorry uh which song off this album took longest to write and which one is your personal favorite um jeez i know which one took the shortest <laughs> <laughs> um took the longest to write casket because it went through so many different I, I don't really know that. I don't know the answer to that. Favorite, my favorite. Um, I can tell you two highlights for me. I love "Good to Be Numb" and I love "Sound of Your Excuse." I love to play "Sound of Your Excuse" live. It's in our set. It's I think it's under three minutes, and it just um, kind of smacks you on the face. It's melodic. It's hooky. It's got <clears throat> it's got kind of all the check check boxes. Um, and I just off my memory, I feel like Neon Casket probably took the longest to write because I think that went through kind of an extensive, more extensive demo phase. Hmm. Um, so there was a lot of kind of back and forth on that one. Hmm. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, lyrically, like all of this stuff is mine in that sense. So like all these songs mean so much to me because it's like everything that I was feeling over the past five years, especially with, um, you know, the lockdown and stuff like that too, where I got to basically, I thought more about my mortality and I thought about, you know, my life and how I've been as a person and just, you know, you have nothing but time with your thoughts. And so, um, probably for me, just, um, lyrically, 
I think that The War probably means the most to me. And it's the least heavy song on the album. But lyrically, it's like, it's exactly what I was feeling throughout this whole thing. Like, are, is is my own life going to get better? My personal situations, it's a, you know, it's a song about reflection and wanting to be able to see past whatever bad thing or trauma that you're going through right now, just to know that you're okay. And it's like, I've been looking at life and like taking things that have been happening as like signs that maybe things are going to get better, aren't going to get better. But I think lyrically for me, the war is probably my favorite track on the album. So. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to pick one of your children in this situation because it's yeah. like, we like them all, you know? I mean, there's even some um, other tracks that didn't make the record that are awesome too. And that we like as well, but we just went with this collection of songs um i'd have to say like live i have to agree with mike like playing sound of your excuse is great um and that's one of my favorites just because it's like right in your face energy the whole time and it's got a great catchy hook to it uh everything about that song is great uh i think live to to the wolves is a great one um i really enjoy playing that i love the bridge in that song as well uh where it drops down there's some great lyrics there um and it just makes you feel um a shit ton you know um uh, i just so yeah to the wolves also to another one i think is uh obviously no longer broken for for me too i think all of us like that one too but um no longer broken is a great one and i like that one a lot so hell yeah, yeah. uh so how'd the track list for the album come about did you guys write the opener be the opener close be a closer did you shuffle around and see what fits what was that process like fist fight Damn. <laughs> to the death? Yeah. Uh, I got the track listing. <laughs> um, no, we we knew that we were gonna open the album with "To the Wolves," and we knew we were gonna close it with "Neon Casket." And then from that point, um, we all kind of thought about it. I think Mike kind of helped get the flow going and passing it along to us. You know what I mean? We're we're very much, if somebody has an idea for it, we throw it to the wolves. <laughs> we throw it to us. Uh, and then we just kind of go back and forth and hash it out. But like Mike kind of got that track listing where it is. And uh, I think it's a pretty solid ride as far as it goes. But we we did always know that To the Wolves was going to kick it off and Neon Casket was going to close it. So All right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so Mike, yeah. Well, real quick, Mike kind of, you know, Mike thinks a little bit more in the sense of, keys of songs you know a little bit and also to giving the listener a ride when you're putting all those songs together and so he came up with a uh an order that kind of did that you know heavy songs you know a little lighter song and kind of like spaced it out a little bit and so um yeah he did a great job with you know getting these in order absolutely i do think the flow <laughs> is immaculate <laughs> awesome well thank, thank you, you. yeah you keys and tempos i just <laughs> want to make sure it wasn't like front loaded and all the heavy stuff was in the top and then yep. it's all like snooze fest the rest of the way <laughs> exactly i hate when bands do that because as you said it's just a snooze fest you uh you lose interest if you put like all the slower stuff at the end because yeah. i get so excited at the beginning you know yeah they call it front loading where they put like the first five or six like all the bangers. all that and then they put you know the rest of it all after. The, the sleepers yeah. at the end yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to make you sleepy a little bit along the way yeah. <laughs> exactly. and then just wake you up immediately after. <laughs> Start to get sleepy, slap. Right, right, you know? yeah. Exactly. Nice crack to the temple, you know. <laughs> yep, wake back up. <laughs>
god uh so would you guys be able to tell us where headspace is at while you're creating this record snorkeling yeah well, yeah. well <laughs> first yeah i guess first we have to explain uh where our actual heads existed at that time so we were fortunate enough um, to be able to have the unique experience of recording this album in the Cayman Islands. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. So uh, I guess I could do, let's let's do a little bit of a backstory to get us there, right? Because it's like, how did that happen? I'm sure it would be a question. So let, let's do that. So <laughs> we had recorded a body of work prior to uh, the pandemic hitting. And when obviously when the pandemic hit, we didn't, nobody was doing anything. So we're like, why would we release anything if we can't go play shows? We can't do any of that stuff. So we were sitting on a body of music. Well, one of those songs happened to be To The Wolves. Mm -hmm. And so To The Wolves, uh, I sent it to my friend, John Berkland, who plays drums in Bad Wolves. And he was like, dude, this song is really good. I happen to know this guy who's starting a label. Um, the label's in the Cayman Islands. And he's like, I, I'm going to pass it to him. He's like, and maybe you'll hear something from him. Well, I gave it to John. John gave it to him. His name is Jake. A couple of days later, Jake hit me up and was just like, this song is awesome. He's like, do you have any other, anything else that you're working on? And so that sort of started the snowball of events where I gave him everything else that we had so he could check it out and listen to it. He was like, this is, this is great. I really want to uh, see what can happen here and work with you guys. And, you know, you have to be a little bit skeptical of like people say Cayman Islands. All you think of is like offshore, like bank accounts and like, you know what I mean? Like all this weird stuff. So we're just like, sure, whatever. This guy from the Cayman Islands wants to like sign us and everything else. So that process of getting to know each other and getting lawyers involved and finding out if all of this stuff was actually legit, like mm -hmm. took a took the summer of 2021, basically. Damn to find out that all this stuff was actually something that we should pursue. Um, and so when we worked everything out with Ironshore is the name of the label that we're signed to. Um, when we worked everything out with Ironshore, we uh, were told that we were going to go down. They were going to take us down to Cayman where the, their studios were to be able to record. And we went down to the Cayman Islands. John Berkland came down to produce. He brought along his uh, writing and producing and mixing team, which was Josh Gilbert, formerly of As I Lay Dying, now in Spirit Box. And then Joseph McQueen did all the mixing and mastering. And he's done a bunch of stuff most recently, uh, Barry Tomorrow and Bullet for My Valentine and, and you know, a, a lot of Bad Wolves, a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we were like, these other people that are heavy hitters are getting involved, sight unseen, basically, to go down there. And we're just like, we're going to go too. So we're going to see what happens. And mm -hmm. uh, we got down there and it was a complete amazing you know unique once in a lifetime especially now events that have happened recently for us anyways to be able to record where we did this beautiful home beautiful studio right on the beach like it was it's just something that doesn't it doesn't happen and it definitely isn't something that we're used to so we're very very appreciative of everything that happened so the writing process was we were down there for over a month we worked six days a week with a day off and we basically wrote most of, you know, out of out of the 13 songs that are on the album, uh, five, six, five, yeah. six, seven, seven of them, you know, were, were the ones that ended up being uh, the ones from those sessions that that made uh, the album. That's what I'm saying. Like gotcha. the ones that we actually worked on down there. So <laughs> it's probably even more than that. But um, yeah. And, and that so that brings us to where we recorded. And that's uh, 
it was it was a very unique awesome experience to be able to record where we did and i think that was a big part of where our headspace was which is now i'm realizing after i've talked forever and got away a little bit <laughs> you're tying it all together <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah the, the headspace was it was very much this like close-knit really uh unique writing environment that i think just allowed us to be in the moment and creative and it really created this awesome unity between everybody working where we were all just very very appreciative of what was happening around us and i think that made that working environment super easy to be able to put all these songs together so it was a great great headspace to be in for sure that's a that's a wild fucking experience like we've had bands tell us some crazy spots that they've recorded records but that that's one of the top ones for sure that's one of the yeah. best ones for sure. I wish I could go to it's the Cayman Islands. top one for me ever and probably won't ever be top. So. <laughs> and, and another great thing about that too was like we worked from 11 to 7. So those are our hours, right? And um, so we'd get up in the morning and, you know, have food. But also too, for me, it was like I actually got to get up early and go out and go snorkeling. That's why I made yep. the snorkeling comment. And so when I was out there, it was just like, it was just beautiful. So it's like, it was relaxation but it was also work. And I think that all just made us feel better. Like we're in this beautiful place yeah. Um, that we're just like, how can we not actually enjoy this recording process? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Headspace, Headspace I feel was, is really good out there. It was a nice, a nice way to um, set the tone and have a, have a great experience with everybody. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends and dark with headphones on is workout album, party album. What do you personally recommend? All um, the above. Yeah. <laughs> workout um, album, party album. We've got workout. We've got late to the party. There's party in the name of that song, you know, listen with friends, share with friends, listen yeah. to the dark in the closet, whatever you want to do. That's my answer. Everything you said, and more just listen and to more. It. All right. on good speakers please yeah. <laughs> yeah. put on a pair of headphones instead of listening to just your phone speakers you know but yeah um, yep. don't look at me Glory. obviously i always you know people aren't going to have not everybody in the world or even in the united states right now are going to have the opportunity to see it live um but i i know what this band puts into our live performance so it's like if if there is somebody listening out there that is going to be able to check it out live at some point like we you know we want to be a live we want to be a live band you know so for me it's always the live experience but if not we've got a bunch of music videos out there youtube's a great place to start to check things out too and um yeah we're on every platform so yeah we had we had a guy last night at our show um come up to us afterwards and he's like yeah you know i kind of checked out your music a little bit and i was familiar with it but then it's like, I didn't know you went that hard live. Uh, so I think there is an added element of, you know, there's an extra little layer of the icing when you come to see us live. It's a, you know, it's a little more fun. So definitely come see us if you can. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your heads. I want you guys to describe this album for new listeners in three words. Three words each, nine total, no more, no less. We're going to steal each other's uh, words. Uh, yeah, we are. I think we are. So, <laughs> no. so let's see. Uh, okay. I think we all did. Okay. Let me see. Who I'm wants to go first? Um, okay. All right. Immersive, cathartic, powerful. Nice. Damn. Off the dome. Uh, I'm going to say. Damn. I'm going to use one of those words in there. The P word? 
Pow. Yeah, Sorry. that's what I was gonna say. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go authentic, mm-hmm. passionate, mm-hmm. and hopeful. That's what, that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go with uplifting, strength, and. Uh, yeah let's just go with sick I there you, go. <laughs> you know you know it's funny because we all actually i think all answered this question and we all had different words actually right i don't down. remember what i said and i don't time. remember what i said either but we all used I different said I words thought, i think i used immersive but i think i don't so i can't remember my other one but sick i guess uh, <laughs> but but, but, I, but I, there was something else that i had that actually meant something better than sick but i can't think of it right now sorry we ended on a, on a laugh yeah you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. Good. The, rest, good. the rest why are you guys like, laughing super yeah right <laughs> It's always laughing. We're laughing with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so in that same chain of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? I mean, I I, I think we kind of all hit it on the head with our answers here, too. Like, I really want people to <clears throat> relate to the authenticity of, like, the subject matter and emotions that are happening with these songs, but really connect with that feeling of, like, it it's going to get better. Like there's that hopefulness, you know what I mean? The light coming from the dark. And that's really, you know, we, the band, we have this motto, like when you check out the CD and everything on there, it's called beautiful things come from ugly places. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea that there is always Mm -hmm. something good that can come out of the bad. And that's, I think really sums up what we're the music is about and and what we're about you know when it comes to this kind of stuff yeah so. we're, we're gonna drag you through the mud take you down to the depths a little bit and then pick you up and uh regenerate you oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah yeah organic no no machinery okay there you go uh, so are you guys able to talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this album positive or negative uh, I mean, positive, obviously, the whole K-Man experience of actually of actually going down there and doing it was um, like they had just touched on. Uh, it was an amazing experience. It was uh, lend itself. You know, a lot of a, a lot of people were when we were doing it, friends and stuff uh, were like, are you going to be able to write, you know, heavy, dark music, <laughs> the beautiful island, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually because our headspace was where it was we had a gym on site we had a beautiful pool we had the beach so our headspace is really clear and allowed us to focus mm-hmm. and really channel the creativity um so it was a pleasurable experience um making this record uh challenges i mean there's always a song or two where it's like you have to kind of um they don't all come together super quick you know so um finding the right arrangement sometimes and making sure it's what we want it to be. Um, I think uh, World Afraid of Tomorrow definitely changed a lot from the demo. That took a little bit of work, right? Yeah. It had a kind of a 90s like chorus. I present a unique challenge for these guys (laughs) because uh, whatever, whatever songs I write, are always usually five BPM slower than what they need to be. So it's like, I'll bring a song to the table and they'll be like, that'd be great if it was this much faster, you know? <laughs> like I, I uh, have terrible timing and 
Uh, I, I probably present a challenge for these guys. <laughs> well, what, but what's and, great to touch on that? What's great about Adam is he, he when I, what I love about working with him, he writes everything on acoustic guitar for the most part, like 90%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where the 5 BPM thing, because he's kind of on the couch, he's in a vibe, you know yeah. what I mean? He's got yeah. the acoustic, it's really got the candles going, uh, <laughs> for instance. Um, so when he presents it to, a, to us, sometimes if we want to make it more of like a rock thing or whatever, we might need to give it a little push for energy. Mm -hmm. uh, but but the the silver lining in that is that uh, he, he's there's already the blueprint and the solid foundation of what the song needs to be already there in terms of chords and melody are in place. Mm -hmm. Um, so that saves us a ton of time because it's like the song's there and then we can dress it up however we want. We can make a metal, we can make it atmospheric, we can do this, we can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the meat and potatoes is kind of already there and we just bump it up five people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so since you guys are on tour, we have to ask, uh, what's been the go-to snack when you guys are stopped at a gas station for a rest stop? Coffee. Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris and I are getting down on the Doritos. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I pro yeah, probably, probably, yeah, like I, I, have, I have a high protein diet, so it's like whatever I can get my hands on that doesn't have a ton of sugar or carbs in it and has a jacked up protein amount, like that's, that's the way I eat. So sometimes gas stations don't exactly give you the best options for that kind of stuff without it being smeared with like a crap load of chemicals and everything else, but. I do what I need to do. So probably, probably like some hard boiled eggs. Sometimes we'll <laughs> oh, oh, in the cup. We'll over and we'll find Just oh. kidding. Cause that would be the worst thing ever to eat from a gas station. Probably a sandwich in, in Teflon. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 none of that. Uh, it's difficult for me sometimes to find the right type of food that I want to eat from a gas station. So an energy drink will get me through to the next place that hopefully will, uh, have a better selection of meal yeah we almost hit a raccoon last night which is a shame because he could have he could have had a snack <laughs> okay no hey <laughs> no i know you just said you try to avoid like chemicals and stuff with like protein but have you heard of protein pop tarts oh i saw one sitting on the counter of my apartment before i left mm. and i questioned existence because i was just like how is this possible right um, i didn't eat it but I, but now that you mentioned that, yes, and only like the day that I was leaving right before tour, somebody in my house, maybe my stepson or, you know, my wife, I doubt it was my wife. So it was probably one, <laughs> one of the uh, stepchildren, but um, yeah, they, uh, they had one on the counter. So I, I, I have heard of it now. What's so. it, what's the protein? What's it made out of? You know? Dude, I have no fucking clue. It's just in, in like our last interview, someone mentioned it and I was like, there's no way that's real. And yeah. it is, it's like all the flavors as well. Oh what? Oh, awesome. yeah. yeah, and it's just protein. The cream one that I saw. Like, so it's like a protein shake, but like a hard version. Yeah. But like, yeah, in yeah. like a cute little shape with like the fake yeah. icing that isn't really icing. It's right. kind of questionable. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where I should have flipped it over and looked at like the paragraph. The paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking <laughs> yeah. One of the ingredients, yeah. you know. So at point, as soon as I hit something, I stop and I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> that's <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? Steak. <laughs> yeah, probably steak. Well, not what our favorite, but not what our. Oh, what if we were, were a dish. Yeah, if we were a dish. Well, we need to get some of the variety. Yeah, it's right. You got to have varieties of spice of life here. Not so, just yeah. seafood platter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something cheesy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna right. say you know it could be I could be super corny on this too and be like you know we're a well balanced meal. There we go. <laughs> like, oh. <whatever. laughs> I I would I would say you need to have you know it goes back to the same thing but it's like a strength and something where you feel good at the end of that meal. <laughs> you know, so you want to have something in there that, that's going to sustain you. You're going to want to have something in there that is a little bit of a treat. And then you're going to have something in there that is just a foundation of, of health, you know? So I can't necessarily name what those three foods are, but that's what that plate of alpha mega goodness yeah, <laughs> should, yeah, should, yeah. should have, you know, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? All right. So my, so for death row, I'm picking Snoop Dogg to eat <laughs> uh, because death row is amazing. And oh. uh, anyways, no, just kidding. Oof. So death, okay. Death row. That, that was my it's your last. It's your last meal. I, yeah, last I know. Yeah. I know. Um, Jesus. I'm God. glad you went human though. Yeah. That was right. <laughs> like, damn, all right. Trying something yeah. new. Uh so last meal. Oh god. And he's very skinny, by the way. So I, would, I don't know how much meat. Uh, I would probably yeah. I would probably do like um uh a chicken alfredo pasta. Damn right. And what are you huh. drinking with that? Yeah, just because I go, I just go out with and it. And then what to drink with it, I think, right? What yeah. to drink? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd probably go with a um uh, uh Sierra Nevada pale ale. Nice. Damn. I know. Go ahead. Okay. Go, go, go. Uh, I'm going to do uh, a ribeye, uh, potatoes au gratin, a salad with ranch, and a Chianti Classico. Damn. That is a beautiful, yeah, that's a beautiful meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get that right now. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, if this is last meal, like, I'm, I'm yeah, going out, dude. Of course. So, of course. Um, I would probably eat a pound and a half of tri-tip. I would have a uh, a huge bowl of peanut butter chocolate ice cream. Mm-hmm. And I would wash it all down with probably a straight whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> if it was the last thing I was yeah, gonna do, I'm gonna drink on my last day too because I don't drink <laughs> yeah. very much very often. So it's like I would do all of the things that I normally don't do yeah. and, and put yeah. that, but that that would be it for me. So all right, hell yeah, awesome. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Is that someone uh, someone else's fictional world that's been presented to culture? Or are we making it up right now? So it's just kind of like a movie, a show, a book, a comic. Yeah. So like, I, so like, if we wanted to pick like the movie Avatar, like if we wanted mm-hmm. to live there and like that, is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to live there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that. live there. That's good. Glad you got that off your list. A fictional place. Uh, I'd probably, I'd probably want to uh, live like in a. Uh, a Disney movie, it could be like an evil one or a happy one. Okay. Um, it would be terrifying, but one of my favorite movies is Alien. Oh, no! <laughs> get, get me Ripley and let's go. 
that's fair just like just like glue each other to 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 yourselves that makes Absolutely. no sense but just yeah, you got to stay with her no matter what <laughs> um i would want to live i think in also probably like a, a sci-fi world or like an action world but i want to be the person that lives okay. <laughs> um, so you know i mean some of my some of my favorite movies are you know like aliens terminator 2 like that that sci-fi world i think i want to live in a world where i'm like the hero <laughs> and just like leading the day you know what i mean and it's just like I'm, I'm not a violent person so it's just like it would be cool if i was stuck in a fantasy world to just be like that character just that's kicking just ass. kicking ass yeah. and like having you know what i mean so that that's probably where i would go yeah sounds good um so i've done the best and last question and every single person we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question what's your favorite color pink oh it's a good color pink for me okay uh blue blue and any variation of blue i like the blue realm so mm -hmm. black i know it's not a color that's my answer. All right. It's not, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Uh, well, we have our album, Regeneration Machine. That's out now. Uh, we do have physical CDs. Uh, we have a merch store, alphamegamusic.com. Uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of different designs that we don't have out on the road with us there. Um, there's hoodies. There's koozies. There's all sorts of stuff to look at. You can get our CD there. Um, follow us on our socials, Alpha Mega Music at everything, I think. Um, and come see us on tour right now. We're out with Hallocene featuring Lauren Babic. Uh, we're about halfway through or so. Um, so check out the dates. They're on our website, they're on our socials, and uh, hopefully we can meet some of you guys at a show. I don't know when this airs, but we don't either. We'll be playing the 16th. So hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sound. It's been Alpha Mega, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>